Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. You know what we haven't really done that much in the offseason? What's that? Talk some Kenny Pickett football. Oh, I think you're going to say relax. Oh, I've been very relaxed. Have you not been I just meant like not not have much stuff to talk about. Oh, no. The content has come flowing. It is (laughs) That's what I mean. Like every other day, there's something to react to. So today we kind of do have a little bit of a a slower day, and we can kind of look towards the future a little bit instead of reacting to the now. And I want to talk some Kenny Pickett because – there's a lot of optimism around the team. They sign those guards. They sign inside linebackers. They get Patrick Peterson. You're filling holes in free agency. You're setting yourself up for a good draft class. You're getting good team-friendly deals, too, on all the players that you're bringing in. There's a lot of excitement, but it all doesn't really matter unless you got the straw to stir the drink, unless you got the man under center. And I think Steelers fans still have hope that he is the man, and we certainly still have no reason to think otherwise that he can't be a franchise-level quarterback in the NFL. And I want to talk about him a little bit today. Sure. I want to talk about you know what our feelings are for him heading into a very, very important 2023 season where he doesn't need to become a Burrow, an Allen, a Herbert, uh-huh. a Mahomes, of course. Right. But he needs to start closing the gap down on them. And it needs to start this year. And I don't want him to have to be like, you got to get to that level or you're a bust. Yeah. He needs to get to that level right beneath them, though, for so, the Steelers to have any chance with him as their quarterback. Did you see, he needs to make that jump this year. Did you see Cabali's tweet from yesterday? I did see Cabali's tweet Cabal- Mark Cabali tweeted Kaboom. out. I mean, Gotta love Kaboom. <laughs> yeah, I, I really do. He uh, said, last year I predicted that the Steelers' offense was going to be stale Kenny Pickett wasn't going to be that great as a rookie. Yes, very and there'd nice be a lot, lap there. There'd be a lot to be upset about, and he was right. And he and he referenced that tweet earlier this week, saying, "Look at me, I was right." However, <laughs> this year he literally almost said, "Look at me, how how right I was." He said, like "However," and Ron Bergen, he's like, "Come in here right. and look at how right I was, everybody." <laughs> he said, though, this year the Steelers' offense as a whole will take a big leap forward. And he said that Kenny Pickett was going to take that individual leap to that tier of 
the Herberts and the Trevor Lawrences right below the Mahomes and the Allens and the Hurts. Yeah. So if Kabali's track record of being Nostradamus can continue for another year, then I like where it's headed with Kenny Pickett. But I think he his his greater point of that tweet is kind of what I was just saying. You got to get to at least that level right below them in order to beat them. Right. I, I don't think that, you know, people saying he's never going to be as good as Mahomes, he's never going to be as good as Burrow. You don't necessarily ever have to be that. I know that that's the easier path to get to the Super Bowl, but, I mean, quarterbacks win the Super Bowl all the time that aren't the best quarterback in the NFL. It's the ultimate team sport for a reason. You just can't be completely incompetent. You can't be like a Trent Dilfer out there and just completely rely on your defense to carry the day. That ain't going to happen anymore. But if you can get to that level right below those guys, that notch right below, and everything else kind of falls into place around you, and you just have that, I hate to say this, but that it about you, that moxie about you when things get tight, because every NFL game is basically a one-score game. I mean, that's the dirty little secret. If you thrive in those areas, you can outplay quarterbacks who are more skillful than you are. You see it all the time. Eli freaking Manning beat Tom Brady in two Super Bowls. Exactly. Like, it can happen. So... If he can just get to that tier right below them and start making big strides to doing that this year. And take the rest of the offense kind of with, with him, him. Then I think you're fine. You don't need to have the top five quarterback in the NFL to win. You can have a number 10, number nine quarterback in the NFL and a really damn good team around him with a really good coaching staff. And you can get the job done that way. But again, you got to see him really make that leap this year and get into the conversation of that category right below the elite. Yeah, I'm trying to think back, Tom, to the last non-great quarterback to win a Super Bowl, and I think the only obvious answer was Nick Foles. Last year, you had the Mahomes. year before that was Stafford, then Mahomes. Or, I'm sorry, then Brady, then Mahomes, then Brady again, of course. Then, and then Brady. And then, Brady. <laughs> and then Nick Foles kind of... <laughs> kind of squeezed in there. Yes. Because before him, it was Brady, Manning, not his best season, but still Peyton Manning. And we're talking about Kenny being better than Nick Foles was in the NFL, yeah, right. by the way. And but- then Brady, Russell Wilson, and then Joe Flacco, who's the big name that really sticks out at you. Exactly. And and even while you were listing those like bigger name, like Matt Stafford wasn't the best quarterback in no, the NFL he wasn't. last year. No, his receiver was the best receiver in the league, but Matt Stafford himself, himself wasn't even the best in his own league. Rodgers no, and Matt Brady Stafford were the has always been as a quarterback in that tier two, tier three exactly. area. So it's definitely possible to win at that position, to win with that position not being, you know, the superstar the greatest. elite status, yeah, the, the greatest, greatest yeah. in the league. He just has to he has to be a good, he has to be a very good quarterback. And I'm sure a lot of you have known this by now, but Big Ben recently spoke out on the airwaves in Pittsburgh on the Mark Madden Show and wanted to play this soundbite for you. It's about his evaluation of Kenny Pickett this year, and we can kind of talk about what Ben had to say. Of course, he knows a lot more about quarterback play than either of us do in this room. Uh, it starts out with him kind of talking about that thing that we just started talking about. How can Kenny kind of close the gap? How can he make the gap smaller between him and those elites in the AFC? Let's take a listen. Winning always cures all those things. Not cures them, but, but puts you in those levels and does things. But um, I, I said this on one of the, on the podcast. I've said to other people, he's – surprised me in the sense and I, I i apologize to him for for thinking less i think 
he's much better with his legs and his feet and mobility than I anticipated. And maybe it's just me not watching enough pit ball or whatever, but I thought that he could move and extend plays and, and not just extend plays behind the line of scrimmage, but, but get yards down the field. And so I think that's going to, um, that's going to be able to, he'll be able to use that to take him to the next level when it comes to, um, you know, being, you know, working into that elite level. If you could uh, take one thing from Pickett's game and add it to your game back when, would it be that mobility, that escape ability? Because you extended plays yourself. Right. I, I, to me, Mark, to be honest, I think there's a difference between extending a play, which I, I always felt that I could do, and, and he can run. I mean, he extends it, but he's when, when he puts his head down and goes downfield, like he's, he's picking up serious yards. You know, he's, he's picking up 10, 15, 20 yards a clip, and I think that's going to be um, – that, that's probably where the difference is, is his actual running ability. Uh, last year, his stats weren't great, but he passed the eye test. He had those great drives near the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Where's he at right now? Right now. I, I would agree with you. The, the, the eyeball test at the end, I mean, you can say what you want. You can play awful football um, throughout a game. And when it comes down to the last drive of the game and you have an opportunity to take your team down the field in Baltimore, um, you know, at home Raiders, um, it might have been, I think there may be three of them in there, but at Baltimore, um, North opponent, and, and, and to do that on the last drive, I mean, that, that is big-time football. Um, that's, that's throwing stats out the window. Um, you know, I, I used to joke with, with people, yeah, I have a lot of fourth-quarter comebacks just because I stunk the first three quarters, <laughs> three-and-a-half quarters sometimes, you know. Um, but, and I'm not saying he stunk or anything, but to be able to, to, to kind of just play the game, play the game, and then when it matters most, turn it on, lead your team down the field. It wasn't like he was handing off. He was making plays, finding guys. And I think right now he can build on that. And I think his confidence um, is through the roof. We'll get him on the podcast, and, and I'll get the eye test up close and personal on that confidence. But I think it's got to be through the roof. That's sick that Ben Roethlisberger is now How dare you Ben Roethlisberger that? podcast host. How dare you take the mic right when we come back from the sound clip? Whose show do you think this is, partner? Well, you talked last before Not how the works. clip happened, so it's naturally my turn. Footballing, though? My. You'll- my. My turn. <laughs> okay, my. Michael Scott. <laughs> Footballing, though, really good stuff. Yeah. The absolutely. last episode it they really did is. with Mike with Tomlin, Tomlin. Yeah, ooh, it was really good. You're not going to get a better Mike Tomlin no. interview. Like, you're, you're just not. You're not going to have anyone interview Tomlin who Tomlin is more comfortable right. talking with. And you saw that with Ryan Clark last year, too. Yeah. Like, ex-players. Even, even more so. They're like going to get the most out of Mike, though. Not- you've never, like, Ben, i sure he loves Clark and he loves everyone on that defense, but... Ben and Tomlin's time together were one and the same, essentially. You know where else you'll hear from Tomlin the most, candidly, is with our buddy Labs before oh, yeah, game absolutely. days on Sundays. Oh, you will hear a lot of from course. Mike Tomlin there when he sits down with Labs. And we actually have a podcast during the season, the Mike Tomlin Game Day podcast. Make sure you download and subscribe to that wherever you get your podcast. Yeah. Every week, every day before games on Sundays, that gets dropped, and you listen to Coach T speak. And then you can hear Labs. it live like yep. half an hour you before kickoff. You can hear it live on the Steelers radio network. With what Ben said there, a lot of it was about mobility, and then at the end he did talk about that kind of moxie and, and just knowing how to win in tight games late against you know arch rivals on the road. But the mobility thing that he talked about and how he was you know really impressed and even said to him you know I'm sorry I didn't maybe I didn't watch enough pit football but I didn't recognize that as part of your game really before and I'm like come on Benny fake slid I mean everybody knew about the fake slide but in all seriousness. I think that that mobility really served Kenny well, especially later in the season, 
because he started using it in a lot smarter ways. And the other thing about his mobility is I like the fact that just because he can get out of the pocket and run and make things happen with his legs, he always treated that almost as a last resort this year. And he never got happy right. feet. He never really, especially later. Early on, maybe he did bail out of some like clean pockets. Like you do pockets. see a lot of younger quarterbacks do. Baker Mayfield couldn't help right. himself but bail out of a clean pocket all the oh time. Oh, my God. When he banked left, every, it was Every a single time. So uh, you see some of that, of course, and it's going to happen throughout his entire career. But you didn't see a lot of that that made you worry like, oh, this kid's dancing in the pocket too much and he's not going to be able to hang in there. He he always defaults to using his legs. So I like the fact that it's just an option for him. But like Ben was saying, that is an option that's going to be a weapon. And Eventually, he's, he's right. going to start to use right, right. it more and more and more. And I, I instead mean, of an escape route, it's now going to be an asset. And as his you know mental acumen grows for playing quarterback in this league, defenses are going to, and obviously if his arm continues to develop and he becomes such a threat through the air, he's going to find times where defenses just vacate the middle and kind of forget about him, and he's just going to scoot his way up for 10, 15 yards and take what the defense gives them. So that mobility that Ben's talking about, I think that's obviously something that Tomlin preached after Ben retired. What he wanted out of his next quarterback is someone that can move. You check that box with both Mitch and Kenny. Mm -hmm. But I think with Kenny that... You kind of need to have that tool in your tool bag in today's modern NFL, and he certainly got. It. I mean, name a quarterback today like the most statuesque pocket passer that I think you have from the young guns is Burrow, probably, and he still uses his legs very oh, effectively yeah. and can move pretty well, quickly. And he needs to too with yeah, his offensive line, yeah. But he's deceptively quick and, and oh, can yeah. get ten yards on you in the blink of an eye and. Kenny is not like that. He's faster than Burrow. He can use his legs even better than he can. But my point being, you can't play quarterback really effectively in this league without having that some somewhat of that aspect to your game. No, I mean, that's that's something, too, that's been on Tomlin's wish list for a quarterback the last two seasons of Ben Roethlisberger, Ben Roethlisberger's career because he saw that the league was changing and he saw that the team that he had and the quarterback he had wasn't able to keep up, literally and figuratively, right? Because the rest of the league was changing to mobile quarterbacks, Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and everyone else, and he wasn't able to move on to a new quarterback because he still had his Hall of Famer on the roster, and literally Ben Roethlisberger was not able to be mobile like he was 10, 20 years ago when he was coming out of the league and in the prime of his career. No, he wasn't, and he used a lot of his brains and quick well, strike sure. ability uh, to make sure. up for that, of course. Like any Hall of Fame quarterback would is, you know, find ways to adapt to age a little bit gracefully. But, yeah, that that is just kind of a dying breed uh, of the quarterback position. Mm -hmm. You you need to be able to utilize your legs. And, and like I said, all the prospects coming out of this draft class, like none of them are Peyton Manning, sit there. And right. when they run the – like remember when Peyton used to run the bootlegs even when he was younger and it looked like he was running in mud? It was just every time he ran it looked comical. Tom Brady, every time he ran it looked comical. You don't see that anymore with these guys. Like Burrow takes off and runs and you're a little surprised sometimes, but it doesn't look – hilarious you know what i mean like when brady's running for his life almost or even ben looked like uh, i think like part of my take used to always say he looked like a skyscraper with legs when he was running down the field and and that, mm -hmm. that's true like it wasn't the most graceful thing now that's just a part of these guys game and, and like ben was noting there's a difference between escapability and mobility 
And I think Kenny's got both of those things in his in his repertoire. I think he showed a really good ability to recognize, especially later last year, when the pressure's coming, where the pressure's coming, and not just to run away as fast as you can, but manipulate the pocket in smart ways. Step up here. And that was something that he did extremely well at Pitt, where you would see a lot of guys, especially his senior year, like come free off the rush, mm-hmm. but almost like Kenny knew they were coming free and did it almost on purpose and sat there at the perfect time waiting until they committed completely to tackling him and you just step right. up and they go right by you mm-hmm. and then you relocate and you reset your feet and you throw the ball down the field. And you saw that a lot down the stretch last year with the Steelers uh, as he got better as the season went on. So I worry greatly about how a quarterback handles the pocket and how they handle pressure. I mean, all these guys have great arms sure. and look good in shorts in training camp settings. The hmm. The thing that really makes the leap from college football quarterback to pro quarterback is how fast this rush is, how big these human beings are that right. are chasing you now. It's a completely different game. And for him to look comfortable in the pocket and for him to be able to manipulate the pocket and escape and use his mobility, that really calms nerves that I have about him being able to play at this level because I think that's the hardest leap for these guys to make. And yeah, it's good to hear Ben say the same thing. Right, it's good to hear a too. Hall of Famer say that he has the confidence in Kenny. I and honestly, Tom, what you saw his progression throughout the season, you saw him learning. Right, it wasn't that you just saw the same player across all thirteen games that he played. You saw him learn from his mistakes early on. Right, there was a reason why he threw two halves with three interceptions each in the first four or five games of his career. And then later down the line, he finished, what, the last seven games with only one interception. Yes, exactly. He recognized that his biggest weakness was I was throwing way too many interceptions, and he cut way back on that. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Now, that actually segues nicely into another thing I want to talk about with Kenny. The stats have to get better. Mm-hmm. It's not unfair to say that. And I know that that's the one thing you throw at Steelers fans and they get very protective of their golden goose of is when you say, yeah, Stats weren't great last year. Didn't exactly light it up statistically. No, I mean, no Super Bowl winning quarterback is going to throw nine touchdowns <laughs> on the year unless he only plays three games. Or unless you're Peyton Manning, which I'm That's pretty true. sure he did I don't like know how touchdowns. many he threw that it year, but it wasn't like many. Nine. Yeah, it wasn't many. Ended up riding the, the Denver defense to that Super Bowl, of course. But, yeah, I, I, there's no way you can sugarcoat seven touchdowns and nine interceptions. No. that That is not good enough for any quarterback in the NFL and it's fair to say that that needs to get better and Kenny will tell you himself that that needs to get better the good news like you just said the interceptions were way down down the stretch last year hopefully that momentum continues into next season but the next step is even though those interceptions were getting cut down where were the multi-touchdown games Mm -hmm. you need to get multiple touchdowns in single games that 
and and streaks of that. You right. need to start not, to build it, that. It's not just oh, here's going to throw one touchdown in this game and then no. run for another in the second game exactly. and then you need do zero his third game. Two through the air, one mm-hmm. through the ground, one game. Two through the air, the next game. Then one through the air, the next game. Then three through the air, the right, next right, game. Right. Then two through the air, the next. Like you need to start building up on this touch on these touchdowns because. The offense needs it. The offense Absolutely. needs to finish drives off. They need to score more points this year if they want to be a playoff team and if they want to be competitive in the playoffs and try to win their first playoff game since 2016. So I know that that's the one thing you say, and people are like, oh, why do you have to bring up the stats? <laughs> but Kenny would bring it up too. They need and, to get and, better. And if the shoe was on the other foot, Steelers fans would be bringing up the stats. Oh, my if God. It if was he was like... the Ravens quarterback, and they were, like, all pinning their hopes on, like, well, Kenny looks great for the future. He has Moxie. We'd be like, yeah, but he had seven touchdowns or, last year. Or, or if he was still playing in Pittsburgh and he had 25 touchdowns to, like, seven interceptions, you'd be saying, look at the stats. I mean, he's great. He's I mean, look at him. He's incredible. Yeah, and you have to go beyond the numbers when evaluating his mm-hmm. rookie year. But those need to improve next year. And honestly— if he does make that, you know, step up to that class right below the elites, right below the Burroughs and the Mahomes and the Allens of the AFC and, and the Hurts, throw him in there for the NFL in general, stats will go up naturally. Like, those are things that are hand-in-hand hand together. He, If he makes that leap towards that echelon of quarterback play, then his numbers will go up. There's, there's no way that he could still be, you know, this statistically inept, but then widely thought of as, like, the number seven or eight quarterback in the league. So those are hand-in-hand kind of things right there. Absolutely. And I expect both things to progress in his second year. His football IQ, his football acumen, and the stats. You cannot get better at one thing and have the other go the opposite direction. That's just not how things work. That's just not how that happens. Well, one and the other thing that Ben touched on there towards the end was the eye test and seeing how he had the you know moxie to come back against the Raiders and then oh, yeah. on the road against the Ravens. That's what I think you could tell from Ben made him feel the most comfortable about Kenny moving forward, and I think that's what makes us the most comfortable about him moving forward. Because, like I said earlier, every game in the NFL is pretty much a one-score game, and mm-hmm. to see him, you know thrive in that environment last year the Ravens hadn't given up a home touchdown drive right in like eight quarters seven quarters and then in the the death drive 95 96 yards to pay dirt he goes all the way down the field and scores the game winning touchdown against them keeps the Steelers season alive gives you hope into that week 18 matchup that you could still get in the playoffs because of his comeback wins in the two weeks prior so to see him do that when the games were at their weightiest, when the Steelers had their backs against the wall. Lose these games, and your playoff hopes are done. And I know it didn't work out in the end, and they didn't make the playoffs, but to keep the pulse going in those kind of situations, and especially on the road against the Ravens the second time he did it, that can't help but give you so much confidence in him making that leap next year, in his statistics improving, Mm -hmm. and him being a quarterback that, when you're in games late against division foes and it's getting towards the end of December, early January, you're not just sitting at home going, I just don't know if our guy has it. I, I don't feel confident. You might not come out on top, but you're going to think that you have a puncher's chance because of what he's shown you so far in those situations. Absolutely. Given the the fluctuation of optimism and pessimism of last year, it's so much you're in such a better place as a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers to be 
to have the finish that you did rather than the start, right? It's not like you started off seven and two. That's what you want, is right. to finish strong. Yeah, yeah, of course, every time. And to sh- to have it be done by Mike Tomlin's team for I believe the third time of his career that he started a season two and six and either finished Rally. at eight and eight or nine and eight, and also do to do it for the third time, but with a rookie quarterback. I mean. You came into the season with a lot unknown at quarterback. Is it going to be Mitch? Is it going to be Mason? Is it going to be Kenny who starts? And then once you did start Mitch, well, when is going to when is Kenny going to get his chance? And then he came in and he looked rough. It looked tough. But to finish the way you did, there was no reason, Tom, to enter next season not feeling like that upswing is just going to go right back down to the start to where it was at the start of the 2022 season. One last bite I wanted to play from the Ben interview just to wrap up the episode. Uh, This got a little bit of national traction uh, when Ben said this. It was in reference about, remember last year when the Niners got their quarterback problems, of course, and people were speculating that they might reach out to former quarterbacks, and Ben was the name that kind of floated out there. Well, the man himself actually confirmed that on the Mark Madden Show. Take a listen to what Ben had to say. I was really comfortable with my decision. I never wanted to – I think – I would say this. Last year, there were some truths to the Niners thing, um, just wow. just in the sense that they were, I think, reaching out for some, just to maybe gauge my interest. Right. And so I, I, I had discussions. With, and so, you know, that's all. I, I don't want to sit here and say that I was going or anything like that. They called to gauge interest, okay? I had conversations with my agent, with my wife, uh, my family, um, prayed a lot about it. And, and you know, I'd, I'd be lying if I didn't say there wasn't, like, a small part of me that was intrigued, like, oh, man, I could, you know, I, I could still do it, like, prove to people, right, that I could still play. But at the end of the day, um, I was – I just can't see myself in anything other than black and gold. And, and I think that honestly was kind of my even, – even though they had a great chance, I think, to win a Super Bowl, I, I, it would have been hard for me to go try and win a Super Bowl anywhere else but here. So at the end of the day, it was the smallest little bleep in my heart to go play again. First of all, you love that if you're a Steeler fan. That's yeah. lo- that's loyalty personified. And now, you know, Jacob, you're getting to the point, and someone brought this up on Twitter. Ben really could be in the conversation as the greatest quarterback to stick with one team. Yeah, I mean, him and Terry. Right. <laughs> right, exactly. And they're both in our backyard. Brady, Manning, Montana. You have Elway in that conversation as well with Ben and, and Terry sticking yeah, with okay. Ben for his whole gonna, career. But, yeah, but yeah, I'm just thinking of guys Steve Young in San Francisco. But I, I think Ben's better than Steve Young. He's got the two rings. Uh, Marino in in Miami. Uh, I don't know. It's t- for me. It's tough to say with Young because well, it's hard to where do you put him? Because remember, he played in the uh, USFL. And he does have actually more than one ring. Right. I misspoke. He's, He's got a couple, but he, he played as rings. the backup. But yeah. he won one as a starter. I mean, if Montana wasn't there, we'll, we'll never know how many young could have won. Probably just as many. Yeah. I mean, he was a Hall of Fame quarterback as well. But, yeah, it, it's it's rare, honestly. When of course you, When you think is. about it, like, you think, and, think naturally, oh, star quarterbacks like that, you know, it's like the movies. They stay on the same team all the time. But, like, Brady's, Montana's, uh, Manning. Rodgers now, like it just it doesn't happen. They go somewhere. Rodgers, else. that's a great point. Favre right. also. Rodgers, Favre, Rodgers falls by the wayside once that trade is finalized with the Jets. So Ben really might be considered the greatest quarterback to ever stick with just one team in his entire career. You you can make that argument. You can of course make the argument for Marino. You can make the argument for Elway, but you can make it for Ben, and you're not going to get laughed out of the room. And I mm-hmm. think that's awesome. 
And, and of course, like you so rightly pointed out, Tara too. I mean, Tara. you got two of them here in your backyard. God, how, I love Tara. How blessed could you possibly be? Like, look at all the other marquee franchises around. The I league. mean, even Johnny Unitas, I believe, played for two different he teams. He did. He ended in in, but he was a Stealer at one point. Right. Like, oh, right, right, right. He was. He was him. drafted by the Steelers. Yeah, they got rid of him. So. Even he wasn't, you know, complete, and and that that's a little different because you know that different wasn't, that wasn't yeah, yeah. loyalty right. for him. He just right. did what he got cut. Like he mm-hmm. he played for the teams that he wanted to play for. But, but there you go. He didn't play his whole career with Baltimore. But to hear Ben say, you know, he thought that they could win a Super Bowl, but you know, I just can't see myself lifting that trophy with any other team's colors on. Uh, that that warms your heart as a Steeler fan. It has to. And I also want to say. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that if Ben did go to the San Francisco 49ers last year, they at least get to the same spot that they were in and get to that NFC championship game. Yeah. Uh, they would have adjusted that offense for him mm-hmm. where he wouldn't have had to have been as mobile. And my God, the weapons that he had to work with in a great right. offensive line in front of him. Uh, Shanahan would have worked up so many nice schemes for Ben specifically. I don't know if they get to the Super Bowl. I don't know if they win it, but I think they're definitely a final four team if he does decide to come back. Yeah, I, I don't think it's that team is too good to have and then any quarterback make them any, any less than right. I mean, if they got there on the hand, on the shoulders of Brock Purdy, and then he's smarter than Brock Purdy. So like Hassan Reddick working the backup tight end, maybe Ben sees that in that NFC Championship game. And he's like, I don't think we should do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Like this, like Purdy doesn't have the ability to say that to, to recognize right it, now. yeah, or to even say, recognize oh, yeah, it, and have, say it have to communicate, to, right? Like, to say it to Shanahan. But Ben rolls over and takes his helmet off, and he's like, "What are we doing?" Right, and like then that carries a little bit more weight. All right. Fun episode talking about Kenny in here. Yeah, big it's fan. been a while since we kind of put the emphasis on Kenny. Yeah, like I said, things have been happening. There's been current news that we have to talk about. Um, but today, a little bit of a lull, we talk a little bit of Kenny Pickett. You can now listen to Steelers Nation Radio anytime, anywhere through your smart speaker. You just say, Alexa, play Steelers Nation Radio from my heart, and Alexa will take care of the rest. Big trade went down from the Jets yesterday. No, not that trade from the Jets yesterday. When is Rodgers going to get freaking traded? We'll talk about Rodgers. We'll talk about NFL headlines on our next episode. He's Jacob Recht. I'm Tom Opperman. This is the Steelers Standard. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.